0: Special mention for actor goes to...
1: (laughs) That's
0: a really good answer.
1: The Flick Lab, I'm Carrie. And I studied media, so does Henrik. Mm-hmm. How are you? Well
0: I'm I'm Henrik. I study media. <laughs> Occasionally I also do a film podcast.
1: Oh, it just so happens that I also study media. Do, do you <laughs> you what oh, a
0: coincidence! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and and in, t- in today today's episode, in, in order to prove that we actually, we, we do acknowledge <laughs> that Asian territories mean also other countries, not just South Korea, we are looking films from Hong Kong.
1: We've done that a couple of times. Well, we did Chunking Ex- Express a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Uh huh. So it just turns out that my MacBook's battery just got busted. It's uh, protruding trying to get outside of the laptop itself. So now you just have to enjoy my mic from the phone once again. But, you know, this just proves. Kids, do not leave your laptop sitting on your bed. Only your loved ones.
0: This also proves something that I've been telling you for well, already a couple of episodes in, in the history of this podcast, which is fucking Max. <laughs> 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 Buy a PC like a fucking normal person.
1: You know what? Your propaganda is t- starting to stick on me.
0: <laughs> because
1: Linux is more compatible with just regular PCs. So here I come PCs. Yeah, so-
0: someday my propaganda finally reaches full point and might to the ho- whole face of the earth from all these hipster computers.
1: <laughs> uh, speaking of hipsters and PCs, we have some... And and love your loved ones in bed. We have two zero four six for you today, as well as in the mood for love. And this is times of getting wild, days of being wild. Good lord,
0: <laughs> close, close enough. All all, all <laughs> films that come from from hipster director Wong Kai War.
1: Yeah, I remember you saying that you are quite fond of his films. Is that correct still?
0: it still is i uh, kind of much like much like today's films which are m- well n- not all of them but they, they all have this this notion of of their characters kind of looking ba- back fondly about something well and and reminiscing something from their past usually lost love in in one form or the other well i also looked back at my love of Wonka Ivar's films, and once again was able to reminisce in exactly how much I actually love the dude's work.
1: Mm. one car why, though, right? But anyway, close. Well,
0: enough. yeah, w- whatever. I-, I don't know what I said. <laughs> Fucking summer home.
1: <laughs> we are the utmost professionals?
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> we-, we have been doing this for years. <laughs>
1: but... We were just discussing with Henrik before we started recording that these films are of the sort that getting into specifics about the films and their events might not be very fruitful as we noticed that we don't have a hell of a lot to to say about the story really itself I believe, but more about the kind of separate contents of these films let's say so yeah, there is a lot of emotions going on in these films. The sense of loss the, the love and getting separated and even getting back together again after all those years and and the, the passage of time like somebody so adequately put it passage of time and there's a lot of that passage of time where the camera is just you know panning from A to B and we're getting these emotions from the characters eyes and at some points I kind of like that. At some points, I'm half asleep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 Elephant sitting still. Here we come once again. <laughs> but yeah, you're quite right in in your estimate of of the films and well, Karwai himself. Something that is typical of of his m- movies, and this was something that already played a part in our Chunking Express episode is the fact that while these movies are not void of plot there is a is a story in all of these films and well at least two of them in the mood mood for love and 2046 are a continuation pieces 2046 is a sequel in the mood for love but still despite all all of these despite the fact that yes there in fact does exist a plot and story in all of his films what the movies themselves mostly are about they are about a certain emotions and kind of the feeling and evoking different types of feelings in the audiences through their characters and they are m- about that more than they are really about any any given story that the movies want to tell you.
1: And you could argue that every movie's inherent problem might be that for it to work, it has to work on an emotional level with the viewer and you can never expect what the audience might see, albeit it might be a minor portion of the audience that might not see what the creators intended or they see it but they just don't connect with it and this seems to be my problem with Wonka Wise trilogy overall already spoilers spoilers <laughs> I feel that I, I'm just not connecting what he's trying to, to tell me of course these are far from being like the, the first movies in this podcast where we are discussing a movie where somebody might argue that nothing really is, is happening or, or that there is not so much of our normal structuring for the plot, like the three-act three basic structure. But I'm just maybe not connecting with his world so well. Could it be the, the actors? The performances are really great. Uh, the cinematography is mostly wonderful. I don't know if this is a stylistic choice. It must be, of course. That the, all of the movies seem a little bit gloomy color-wise.
0: It most definitely is a stylistic choice, but just the same way as is also that all the images where well, they are not they are not crammed, right? they, they are not like full of objects and stuff. In in fact, many of many of his images are kind of void of anything else except the main characters, but yet still. We are repeatedly seeing the movies where we are looking it through a, a frame that exists in the movies' universe. Like even though, even though his hallways are not like big on, there's not like a huge piles of stuff in in Karvai's rooms and hallways, but the hallways still always are shot in the way that they look really small and tight. But the same way like, like his bedrooms and, and basically every room that Wong Kar has, they, they always feel like they are tight. And usually the, the, it's the effect that comes from their... Because mostly the cinematography plays the way that there is like a, like an interior lens or interior layer through which the camera within the movie's universe or the movie's world is actually perceiving what's happening. Like you are looking at a discussion through a window or behind a door frame or the camera is positioned in a hallway in such of an angle that that part of, part of the the hallway's wall blocks to like half of the image.
1: And there were some comments on, for example, in the mood for a lot where it was supposedly, let's say, kind of like a 50-50 split between the two cinematographers, one of them being Christopher Doyle, whereas the other cinematographer had been working a lot with uh, Ho Shen, so he had kind of his own distinct style as well uh, that he had est- established this kind of long takes, but that's kind of a funny notion being that In the Mood for Love doesn't really have long takes. <laughs>
0: not really. all altogether, not really, like, if you take Wong and you take something like like Scorsese, well, and you can easily see that Scorsese is like the guy who uses long takes and one shots, and Carvey more typically uses shorter takes, more traditional like cut here, cut here structuring in his films.
1: Yeah, if you want to see a bunch of long takes, you can. Go listen to our episode about Hou Xian just a couple of episodes ago with Mint Volcano. But yeah, so it's kind of a meandering mood that is in the centerpiece of all of these these films, going through the emotions, and in none of these films you really get to anywhere. It's just a bunch of emotions, and by the end you do not get the girl, you do not really get that satisfaction, you don't get the happy ending it's really uh, like a sad ending for all of all of these three films
0: yeah and that's one of the things that i kind of like in in von garvey's work like the fact that he chooses a different route from your traditional hollywood-esque love stories where like the structure usually is that there, there is the, the finding of of the significant other, then there is the hardship. And at the end of the, the day, somehow, you, you get the girl, you, you get what you want. And Karvai, on the other hand, usually takes the ro- route where the whole combination is that you don't get what you want, and you somehow have to li- learn to live with the heartache that you, you actually... Which is the, well can't say price, but the culmination of everything that you have tried to achieve throughout the film.
1: Yeah. So, uh, and all of these films have been shot and structured in many ways impromptu at, at the set, where the scripts might have existed on some basis level, but Wong Kar when he has started actually shooting it has kind of taken on the details right there at the set and In many ways he has also frustrated his, at least his crew or cinematographers, at least Christopher Doyle, who left in the middle of In the Mood for Love because of his engagements with other projects, and the project of In the Mood for Love just seemed to balloon on and on and on, but he did return for 2046, but largely the same deal Christopher Doyle was replaced by Uh, a plethora of other dps so his style is not set in stone at the scripting phase and it is largely improvised it seems even if you look at look at the shots that he has put together it seems that there's not per se a, a fluid continuity from one image to the next necessarily but but with that also he has kind of created his own style I guess and he's using a lot of tricks to also to make it seem like his own like the, there's this kind of a time-lapse effects there's there's cross face and and approaches that many directors wouldn't necessarily even look into as they might feel that it's not part of the course that you do in Hollywood and or it would make the film look cheap but Wong Kar is not afraid of using these techniques.
0: Yeah, and that's something that I, I also quite like in, in Wong's work. I'm one of those people who absolutely love the time-lapse, air quotation marks, photography that he utilizes. And Wong has been, like reportedly he has been criticized for... Precisely using, like, for sticking to to some of the repeated tricks in his films. The, like, time-lapse photography perhaps being the biggest or or the clearest example of what the people have had an umbrage with before. Famously, when Carvai was was considered that he was stagnating in his style. Like, reportedly, Carvai was i did not pay any attention to the claims that he's stagnating in his style when when he was did happy together he he just accidentally happened to make happy together as his next feature when the criticism towards him was was presented but still some people consider that it's it's if nothing else it's an accidental kind of a comment back to the critics and something that showcases wonker was, ability to to kind of reinvent himself in the process i don't know exactly how like how strong that that reinvention is in in happy together i kind of get the feeling that at times people are giving it more kind of more pedestal and they are making it more mythical than it really is in my opinion, Von Kar still uses his pack of tricks in *Happy Together*, also. But even st- even though uh, *Happy Together*, I do think is is pretty damn good film. It's like many of Wong Kar Wai's films that too is somewhat dark and heartbreaking story. This time about about gay couple, and it, it also has been. Uh, remarked that it's one of the first, if not the first film to come out of Hong Kong that actually deals with the topic of gay love.
1: Yeah, as we know that this kind of uh, gay uh, gay cinema waves started to take hold only in the 2000s really or even 2010s in some parts of Asia. How would you kind of summarize the, the three films of tonight though? Like Mood-wise, what are they trying to communicate to you the most, if if anything? Days of Being Wild is largely about betrayal and possibly falling in love again, but not realizing that love. And I feel that that in the mood of For Love, kind of largely has similar elements, and 2046 actually as well. That just the different phases. Of the characters appear in different parts of the film, but largely it's about the same kinds of emo- emotions. Days of Being Wild, the ma- male character might be uh, more uh, unlikable than in the rest of the movies, though.
0: Uh, in in my view, Days of Being Wild is perhaps the the easiest and the largest of of the films in in the trilogy. It's the one that. Perhaps most has, has this tone of not completely losing what you want. And when it comes to like all, 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 all three films deal with the, the idea of toxicity that stems from some aspect of love, usually from love that is not being gained. In Days of Being Wild, this is most seen in the, the film's lead character. Yadi, who is is an adopted son of an ex-prostitute, has has this idea of, of a motherly love that we we don't know if he has gotten that from, from his you know new new mother but but Yadi himself wants to to daydream in this idea of finding her biological mother and receiving some type of love there. And Yadi is like hands down obviously a toxic person a toxic lover in in the film but outside of that i, w- I would say that it's the most optimistic and most hopeful film in in the trilogy In a mood for love the it uh, is that on the other hand is a movie that deals with a perversion of a fantasy The in in the cornerstone of of the of the film story it, it revolves around a man and a woman. Both some pe- people whose significant others cheat on them. They in fact actually cheat on them with each other. Like the, the, a woman's husband cheats with the main character's just wife. And the whole idea, like the, the whole companionship that these two betrayed characters then form, it's based on the idea that they want to understand exactly how the p- betrayal was born and how it was committed. More specifically, why it was being committed. Why were they cheated on? And they start to, they kind of start this LARP where they act out the different scenes from what they envision that must have happened in this she- cheating relationship. And they constantly, like, they, they, they tangle on the idea. But they don't take it far enough that they are not like their spouses. They don't really cheat. It's just a, just a larp to help them understand the situation better. And as it then turns out in the film, uh, this fantasy that you can have this carefree, we, we just larp a cheating, a cheating couple thing, it obviously does not work feelings start to form in the end they actually realize that what they are they exactly are their significant others they they are that second cheating couple and on top of that in the end they are too cowardly to actually finalize the the thing that they have meaning that at the end of the film they both are left alone and heartbroken and 2046 on the other hand it deals with the ramifications of that perverse fantasy where now we where we once can return with the with our main character for the previous movie Mr. Chow, who now after having experienced a betrayal by in, in the hands of, of his wife but also by being too afraid to chase Mrs. Su and losing that love also as a result Mr. Chow now has well transformed into extremely toxic lover. Someone who kind of takes pride and joy in in the act of toying with women's hearts and kind of like serially betraying them. Promising, he doesn't outright promise them love. That's where that's where he lo- draws the line. But emotionally wise, he is willing to reel them in a really like extremely long way almost to the threshold of Promising to say, uh, unspokenly promising to say to them that he loves them. And then immediately leaving, kicking them out of the door and leaving them out hanging. And 2046 very much is a a story about how can Mr. Chow still, or even can he, kind of rebuild himself and rebuild his heart after what happened in the mood for love. And the consequences or, or the resolution... That we reach at the end of the trilogy is. Well not quite. He ends up becoming perhaps a bit better person. Somebody who can look back at his previous antics with women. And can acknowledge that he wasn't exactly being fair. And can be somewhat apologetical about how he has behaved. A character who still can't commit his heart to anyone else and whose happy ending, air quotation marks, relies in the realization that that's what he is and in the act that he can accept himself as someone who never can commit and therefore is doomed to be alone forever.
1: I see a kind of a loop going on in these stories. First of all, in the first movie, Days of Being Wild, we have a woman who is uh, very much in love with this man who doesn't really return that love it becomes kind of an obsession game in that direction and then in the second part, let's say in the mood for love the man is completely head over heels the woman, maybe it could be argued, is also equally in love with the man however, the woman is very much pushing the man away with all her might throughout the movie, that's my reading, and doesn't give in at all. Where as the man would be ready to to go on forward with this, and in the third part it's again flipped. Now the man is kind of hardish to reach, and the woman is the first to pronounce her feelings towards towards the man, and is being extremely coldly as you said, and kind of pushed aside. But they meet again and. But what they had is, it's just not coming back. And also, yeah, as that he's having trouble kind of finishing his written story because he's rebuilding his heart and is perhaps unable to, to find the inspiration to, to create the happy ending for, for his story. So, in a way, kind of the character of the man in the third part, 2046, could be read kind of to be the same character that we have in the first film. Totally, this kind of a player character who doesn't care about how he's treating women and just pushing them aside after having what he wants. So yeah, it's just something funny that I have found. It seems like a loop.
0: It it kind of is. Granted, uh, but so uh, something that also plays thematically in these movies is that is is the themes of of trying to escape, trying to to go further, and then later on, kind of just closing more inwards and trying to stay put wherever you are. In the days of being wild, both of the main male characters of the movie are some who. Dream of going somewhere else. Yari wants to to find his mom who is living, is it in Taiwan or where?
1: The Philippines?
0: Yeah, Philippines. And Yari's whole thing pretty much is, like outside of all the mistreatment of women... What Yadi really is after is, is that connection with his mom. And because of that, he's kind of dreaming of, of fi- uh, getting the name, who his mom was, where did his mom go, and then going into Philippines, you know, chase after his mom. And at the same way in, in, in days, the policeman is someone who is being trapped in Hong Kong by his sickly mother. And the policeman dreams of being a sailor. Once again, in pro- someone in profession where he can go elsewhere, leave Hong Kong behind. And both characters do this and the resolution is somewhat of a disaster for both of them. Yadi, For Yadi more than for the policeman. And then on the other hand, in the mood for love, what the, the main characters, man and women, really want... They want to stay in a small confined uh, uh, space. like They want to stay in in one room. But the society around them is constantly pushing them apart. They would like to be together but they can't. Because it's 1960s Hong Kong and cheating is kind of taboo. And all the other neighbors are starting to catch up on them. Even though they themselves want to pretend to them that no feelings are being formed but very much in the in the mood for love they stay in one area the film itself stays in pretty much in three locations which is the hotel hallway one street corner and then the workplaces of of the two characters when the characters have to leave they kind of they precisely they have to leave they don't really want to do that but it's something that is forced upon them by work or some other external factors. And then once again in, in 2046 we very much resolve with Mr. Chow who desperately tries to return back into what he had in, in the mood for love. Back into the same buildings, back into the back into same characters and pe- people he once knew. And he's also failing in that job there. So it's, it's days is about wanting to leave in the mood for love is wanting to stay put and 2046 is wanting to return back into something.
1: Interesting. Actually I felt a little frustrated knowing that Wonka is kind of, he kind of loves all this international stuff. He, he likes traveling and likes to talk about different countries clearly and present them in, in his films, different cultures and how they might mishmash together or not like like seen in, in 2046. In the first one, will you said that it seems to be the most optimistic of the bunch. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know about that. you know there's a guy who goes to look for his family, his parents, far away in the Philippines in the times when you don't have cell phones completely disconnected it seems from the world uh, and then there's this shooting in the train he loses his life and doesn't find his family and dies in the in the, in the city of, of in the Philippines <laughs> I, I don't know if I can recommend that but that's what happens happens to the guy and yeah it slides out and in all of these films like you kind of mentioned There is this, that you cannot escape, you cannot leave, there's always somebody asking them to leave, but they refuse to leave. Which is kind of frustrating and kind of makes the the, the location where they are trying to head to feel kind of dangerous and you shouldn't embark on this journey. The other one always stays behind and it started to feel a little silly to the point where I'm screaming at the screen like, lady, what the fuck, seriously? You could just change your life and this miserable condition right now, but you just choose to stay with your asshole husband who doesn't give two shits about you. And so it started to feel even comical. And why would Wonka why <laughs> encourage this kind of a behavior as a, as a kind of a globe, tru- globe trotter himself? But that's what he does.
0: Well, uh, to to answer to answer that, I would say uh, why does Wonka why encourage that type of behavior. I don't really think that Wong Kar Wai himself encourages it more than he sees that the societal attitudes of, of 1960s Hong Kong which is the time period where all these films are based on 1960 something which was kind of globally quite conservative time period and in most cases in, in these films, the 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 troubles that these people face or, or the, the, the end game trouble, the one obstacle that they can't get over with, well, they, they stem from two places. The first one is, is a broken heart or some type of a failed love. And the second one is the society that surrounds them. More specifically, 1960s Hong Kong, which repeatedly somehow kind of becomes an obstacle in in the mood for love it's the society by proxy of the neighbors that prevents the mrs su and mr chow be to be together because the neighbors are shaming su and stating that you know couples should should stay together and and scares away the possibility of romance between her and and mr chow in in Days of Being Wild, the biggest ex- external obstacle that rises, it comes very end of the film. It's the, the shooting that you point out, which, which is a result of traveling document restrictions. Yadi is trying to pay, buy a fake passport for, uh, in, in order to travel to some place. And that's the, the catalyst that leads into the chain of events that leads into his death so in in my opinion more more than encourage, I do think that Wong Kar-wai criticizes the fact that these characters can't be together because the societies around them surrounding them are constantly like, throwing some type of obstacle in their way and because it's a societal obstacle an, an individual character can't just you know get over with and when it comes to you mentioned that you find it in the end found it kind of funny that all all these uh, stories end up with a downer note i kind of that's something that i on the other hand really like these movies because what what we usually see in in movies and in fiction is a successful love in some form that the hero gets the lady and they they end up together and and there's a happiness and of course it's nice yeah, love can be happy and should be happy. And it's nice to see that there, there are all these lovers that are happy. But at the same time, love also hurts. It hurts really badly, or so i am being told. Can't speak from experience being the forever alone insult that I am. But, you know, there, there is the... It, it's always, it's, it's kind of a double-sided coin. It, it's happiness and it's hurt. And it's kind of a coin flip which one which side in the end lands face up? Do you get more love and happiness or do you get more of of heartache and hurt? And I do re- kind of like that one Karva takes the route that he ends the films with hurt because by God, we do have fair share about movie happiness.
1: Yeah, I agree with you, but I also felt that it was precisely the. When they are faced with societal obstacles that they consider them as such bullying or Chinese walls that you just can't get through that in any way. And in the end, it's just really in the minds of these these persons, they are just not allowing themselves to, to do anything, even after major ass cheating put on them. And that's kind of interesting about In the Mood for Love, where... As you might have read, the same thing as me, that many of the viewers, at least in the Western countries, consider that the lead characters, characters are really good characters. But yeah, how do you read good and bad into the characters? It, it might really depend on you. But the director Wong Kar was wondering that that's probably because Tony Leung is has kind of this this kind of a innocent type of face, or non-threatening face (laughs) pleasant face
0: i i kind agree with both both sides of, of the argument in my opinion the characters in in the mood for love they are not bad characters or they are not bad people mr chow becomes quite a heinous piece of shit Mm-hmm. in 2046 as a result of what happens in, in The Mood for Love. But still, in, in, in The Mood for Love, he's not a bad guy and Mrs. Sue uh, is, is not a bad woman. There are quite good persons in that film. However, the story that they find themselves in the middle of or the situation that they start to play out, that is extremely dark. Like yeah. you, you larping how the cheating possibly might have happened and trying to, to recreate the, the images of the, the scenes, how, how, how your significant others were trying to cheat. That's, that's really dark. And in doing so, what, what they kind of, what they truly are, are trying to do, they're trying to kind of be with, their own significant others mrs Su is trying to be with her husband and Mr Chow is trying to be with her uh, w- with his wife by that by, by through a proxy like the um, it's it's something that it's it's not wrapped into our face but there are subtle moments in the scenes when for example they are in the restaurant and they are tasting like the uh, Mr Chow is is tasting eating the steak that Mrs. Sue's husband usually eats. And vice versa. And later on when they are reenacting the how they possibly seduced each other in in the alley. And they they are taking like they, they are taking restarts in, in the in the seduction LARP. Mrs. Su is commenting like my husband would never say that. Or, he would never do do it like that. And she is asking for them to to start again, find a new angle how how the seduction would have happened. And in these moments what they, what they are actually doing they are still trying to be with you know with, with their own spouses but they are trying to do it in, in uh, through like each other by proxy they are trying to they're trying to force, for example, Mr. Chow is trying to force upon Mrs. Chow her uh, he, his wife's behavior so that Miss, Mrs. Chow would act like his wife or how he would how he imagines his wife would have acted when when she was seducing Mrs. Chow's husband. And that is still that is an that is an lonely act of of trying to have another person play pretend to you, pretending to be the one person that you kind of would still want to be with.
1: Well, if so, them them being kind of a proxies to each other, maybe that could explain why the love didn't really last, at least for the lady. And maybe the guy is trying to convince himself that, that this is working and this is real but maybe it never really fully was realized and in that sense the societal obstacle is understandable
0: well i i do think that the love between the two uh, mr chow and mrs su it becomes real in in the course of the film they just want desperately wanna pretend that it it won't or it doesn't and by the time when they finally realize what has happened, that they have fallen for each other, and therefore they are exactly like, you know, their their spouses, the original cheating couple, by, by that time, well, A, they are too weak to really fight against the society around them, they are too scared to do it, they more just confirm into what society expects from them, and... At the very final moments, when they once again they try to connect, like Mr. Chow tries to re-find uh, Mrs. Su again, and almost does this, almost nearly comes to her door. But at that at that point, it's just a cool, cool t- twist of fate. The new landlord just tells him that in that apartment there lives a single mom with his with with her kid, and. Like, as, as it turns out, that single mom with a kid that, that is now single, mm. Mrs. Sue. So, the opportunity was there. But, you know, it was just a case of bad luck. It was just that one door that Mr. Chow just, just decided that he... That must not be Mrs. Mrs. Sue. I will not check out who lives in that apartment. I will not no, will not will knock on that door. And it's just like, like the experience extremely shitty luck and a bad twist of fate that happens to play between them and as a result you know the final chance for them to be for you know ending up being together closes and the end credits roll.
1: yeah they kept saying that at least the guy kept saying that well now we are as bad as our spouses but I never could really agree with that Maybe it's because of my blind spot as the audience that I don't want to see it that way. But yeah, in a way, I guess that's true. And on the other hand, it all started because they were betraying them. So oh, what do you expect is gonna happen? But yeah, sure, they weren't out in the open. And if I could borrow something that you said in the first episode that we did once again, the term kyttäjä ja mummo. The mummo aspect of the, <laughs> in the mood for life is very strong here. Like, it's 1960s and all, but holy hell, this community of people living in the same building. It is so tight knit and it has such a one kind of kutayamumo aspect that somebody is always looking, looking what you're doing and trying to find out what's going on in your, in your life. That kind of a small town community feeling that is Extremely strong there something that is extremely strong as well is the the complete inability to deliver anything to the right door in that building I don't know how don't they have any (laughs) names on their doors even even the movie companies like where the fuck is this going
0: (laughs) yeah but yeah you're right it's that like the good the, 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 the aspect of of the community within the, the house or the hotel where wise whatever it is where they are living in it's kind of like it is extreme
1: luxurious condo
0: luxurious condo um it it, it that truly that is like I, I, extreme i like As a person who obviously haven't lived in 1960s Hong Kong, I don't know exactly how accurate that is, but seeing how often Wong Kar Wai returns back into 1960s, the time period obviously is special for him, and I would gather that he would know how the society in Hong Kong was during 1960s. So perhaps, you know, 1960s Hong Kong really was full of full of kyttä mummos, who Who formed communities that acted almost like prisons. To a point where simply the act that Mrs. Su chooses to to go out and buy her noodles from some noodle stand repeatedly. Mm. Actually becomes a problem for them. And they, they make a comment how Mrs. Su dresses too fancily to go outside simply to buy noodles. And how Mrs. Su should take... You know, evening so that she eats with them and should join the Mahong game, even though she obviously is not interested in Mahong, but, or Mahjong. So, but, but that, that's constantly like, uh, they're constantly being valued by how they connect with the, with the rest of the community in, in the condos. And how much they are willing to take part? Uh, 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 how much they are willing to take part in their gender-based expected roles? Like nobody comments that that Mr. Chow never dines with them or does not sit in the in the mahjong table with, with the rest of the group. But when Mrs. Su does not uh, does not do this, it, then all of a sudden it's a problem.
1: Good point, good point. Regarding 2046, I have some questions. One car why. I understand that you chose this hotel room in in the mood for love to be 2046, but then to use it as the title of the the follow-up, and to make the distinctive, the clear point, that 2046 is actually a place where these guys want to go and can never leave. What do you make of that? I'm sure that nobody in Hong Kong wants to go to 2046. It could be though true that they can never come back, given that it's gonna be 2047 then and it's gonna be the year of their end as like a two-system Hong Kong. You don't have to make anything of that, but I'm just curious why a, why a Hongkonger wants to make that, that point.
0: Well, precisely because of that, Mm -hmm. like 2046 uh, under the surface is, is extremely political movie. The, the whole 2046 being, being the, the repeated thing in, in everything, in, in the hotel room and in the story and the name of the film, it's not, not, not an accident Mm-hmm. And the reasons, precisely like you point out, behind why 2046 is such of a big deal here, it it is because that's like that that's the faded faded year when uh, Hong Kong was is supposed to be like transferred back to back to China, and kind of the point that that why I, or the, this is my reading, and I'm kind of I'm quite trustful. In, in my take is that it's like like the point of 2046 is is to look back upon something that you lost and wishing that you would be able to to find it again to achieve it again and my understanding of of hong kong as a nation is that it's not like looking too hopefully or, or it's not too anxious you know, anxiously waiting for for the fifty year ti- time, like the the fifty year deal after which it w- will be handed back to China, p- like prominently, And uh, well, I, I don't know what to say. This two, two country solution will end, two two country rule w- would end in Hong Kong. So. My take is that in 2046 they are already... Wong Kai Wai is making the point that Hong Kong wouldn't want to find itself being completely handed over to China. So now in, in the movie 2046 where everybody is looking back at at the time period that they have lost and, and hoping that they could return back into that moment... Wong Kar-wai is also as a director is stating that Hong Kong will be looking back at the you know the time when 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 it wasn't fully under Chinese reign and like like when, when the handover will happen in in 2046 after that Hong Kong and Hong Kong, Hong Kong years will be kind of a Reminiscing fondly and hoping that they could return back into what they had previously. With this this two two country deal, two country sovereign rule.
1: Yeah, that's a very good reading as well. Why why is it so hard to love? God damn, people are complicated in these films. At least that's that's my feeling overall, coming from this and, and watching them pretty much three on the row. People are really complicated. Relationships are overtly complicated,
0: and that's that's why you shouldn't have them. Like life is much more rational and clear if you if you are just like me. You bunker down in your base, mom's basement and never talk to anyone anyone ever.
1: Yeah, here I just am recording my first episode from the Philippines, and I moved here because of love. So wish me luck. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Love is stupid and not nearly as stupid as women. <laughs> but not oh. just the love. What also is, is quite complicated here is is kind of the production history behind behind these films. Like... And I, I do believe that this is also something that, that showcases in, in the creative or, or the artistic and narrative decisions that, that Wong Kar Wai does. Like, originally he he rose to prominence in in 1988 when he was found as as a possible new director of of the Hong Kongese gangster films which was a genre that was in high rise in in Hong Kong back in the days very much following thanks to John Wu's better tomorrow which became a major hit both in Hong Kong and and also on on foreign markets so all of a sudden Gangster film boom in, in Hong Kong, and Wong Kar Wai was, was picked up as, as one of the w- w- one of the directors who were given a chance to, to make a gangster film, and that's what what his first movie as as Tears Go By was, and well, as as Tears Go By that was a, a also a kind of a big deal in, in Hong Kong. by I mean, the day, people really loved that movie. And that gave him him the freedom to to do what he wanted next, which is days of being wild. Which is not a gangster movie. It's it's a it's very much a, a romance film drama. But it does have at the very end of it, and I, I do think that this is an act of of transformation on Wong Kar-wai's part. There there is the passport deal, and there there is Yadi being shot to death. Which I, I took it that that's when Wong Karawa is last, for the last time he's gazing back at, you know, you know the gangster movies that, that gave him prominence and moving moving forward from them. And the audience reaction to Days of Being Wild was extremely hostile to a point where the, the disappointed audience members who were believing, who thought that they were ge- getting another gangster movie... <laughs> they, they they got so pissed off that they even, you know, they, they destroyed the seeds in, in the movie theaters. <laughs> got them open and ripped out the stuffings.
1: So they became the gangsters. They became the gangsters in the audience.
0: Yeah, but precisely, like. Or the knife violence that was restricted from them the, by the movie itself. Then they decided to appropriate to it personally. And But, but what, what saved Wong Kar there was that even though the audience reaction was extremely hostile, the critical reaction to Days was really positive. Once again, it was a movie that was picked up out outside of Hong Kong, and it, it, also inside of Hong Kong, it was somewhat of a critical darling, and it's that critical reaction, uh, the critical cre- credibility that Wong Wai achieved, that eventually gave him the the, the possibility and the, and the freedom to go his own direction. From that point onwards Wai is not so much anymore working with production houses and producers he's more and more paying the movies out of his own pocket which yeah me- means that like he's he's taking more of a financial risk but as as a as a trade off he now is getting more and more artistic freedom to a point where in in movies like 2046 he has almost complete control of the production and he can create the films like he wants to. Something that may have also filled into this was, like you already mentioned, the extremely infamous production process of of Days, Mm -hmm. which like you mentioned, was a film that was being written as it was being shot. And the whole production took like fifteen months months because of this, and it was a huge headache basically to everybody. The, the the DP, the actors who found felt that the process project was like too stressful, and most likely also to
1: producers. And Wonka, why didn't get his chance to to make the sequel then right away because of those is- issues? But later on, he was able to able to realize in the mood fall off in 2046
0: yeah and and a lot, a lot to do that with, with that was the, was the follow-up films that he did like Chungking Express which, which was such of a well-received movie that Quentin Tarantino himself looks like did, did a did an opener for that film once so once again well-loved abroad. Also in in Hong Kong, then there was the Ashes of Time, which was a was a wuxia kung fu film. Is, is seen as a as a proto version for the more artistic martial arts movies and more philosophical more, more philosophical martial arts movies. Like for example, Crouching Tiger, uh, Tiger Hidden Dragon, which is a uh, English masterpiece, and many have said that. That film would have never had happened, hadn't Wong Kar kind of paved the way with Ashes of Time. And that was followed by, by Fallen Angels, once again extremely loved movie, and Happy Together, which was a prominent like gay film starter in, in Hong Kong. And from Happy Together we finally get to, in, *In the mood for love, which is Wong Kar finally making a sequel to Days, like 10 years later. He, he makes a sequel to a movie that pretty much like w- we which hammered down the possibility that he can jumpstart his career. Had Bonkerby made more gangster movies, a la As Tears Go By, which, which was a gangster movie mixed with with Wong staple drama. Uh, most likely, I would say Moncavai would today he would not have the the mainstream success that he enjoys. So I would say that that days of being wild is the film that truly made Moncavai's career. And now in in the mood for love, he's kind of looking back and and not paying a tribute, but kind of returning like his characters who keep returning back into something that they once had. And want to kind of relive that moment. Wong Kar himself returns back into the world of days being wi- days of being wild, and actually succeeds in in achieving that moment in time the second time. And then there is the is is 2046, which is a not direct but still a sequel to in the mood for love and a movie that that much like its character Mr. Chow. Now Wong Kar Wai can also once uh, again have a a somber reminiscence of of In the Mood for Love and and Days of Being Wild. So I I do kind of think that Wong Kar Wai as a director has the same drive as his characters in the respected movies. The difference is that where nothing works for his characters, Wong Kar-wai actually succeeds in, in this looking back and reliving a moment from
1: his past. It's really mind-boggling when you think about all the episodes that we have done and how many different connections you have had with different directors and who everybody is being influenced by. Like well, You mentioned Quentin Tarantino, who is webbed, to Wonkar Y, Wonkar Y is webbed to Ho Shen, and Ho Shen is linked to my neighbor Totoro, and it just goes, goes on and on, and it's kind of beautiful to see, and yeah, everybody's inspired by something, and yeah, that could even make it its own episode at some point. One final mention, like, style wise, that I wanted to make about 2046 versus In the Mood for Love, and and even Days of Being Wild, is that 2046 is like, from the get-go, it's so much raunchier, much saucier, and there's like, even almost, well, I wouldn't say violent-level sex, but there is actually sex scenes, and there is just more direct confrontation. It's just everything is much stronger and raw and direct, which was interesting, because In the Mood for Love was more, I don't know, the they were more polite with each other. I I got got that impression. I don't speak Chinese, but anyway, and yeah, it just felt like more traditionally uh, built or kind of reflecting the uh, the way that you might interact with people during those times, especially when you don't still know them very well. Whereas yeah, it co- complete change of gears in twenty forty six.
0: Yeah, and I actually I I took notice of the same thing because. Quite a lot of sex does happen in 2046. To a point where it's a it's couple of times, it's even a plot point. The sex that ends up happening. And usually Wong Karolai doesn't really do sex scenes. Mm. I was kind of curious also that like why in 2046? Why why is that movie like you said it, said it why is it more raunchier? And I don't know if, if that's a, like, once again, a transitioning thing from Wong Kar Wai. I don't remember if there was sex scenes in, in Happy Together. And if there was, I don't remember what type of, like, how how rangy sex scenes you had. But uh, Happy Together was a movie that, that Wong Kar Wai couldn't make in Hong Kong. He made it in, in Argentina and once again and then after 2046 his second movie once again is a film that is not made in hong kong it's my blueberry nights which was his his first film and to this date also the last and only film done in america so once again i i can't be completely out of my ass here but I'm not certain if, if the raunchy nature of 2046 is some type of a subconscious transitioning from Wong Kar as he kind of prepares himself for his American debut. Because sex scenes are something that are not strangers for American cinema. Unlike for, for Wong Kar Wai's Hong Kongian era. Mm. But so, yeah... Dear audiences, that was like three films from Wongar Wai. It, it was three movies. It was a lot of heart pay, break. It was a, a civilized difference in opinion between, you know, me between me and Kari. So with that out of the way, how do you feel, man? Are you ready for the quickies? Shoot. Okay. Well, I will most definitely. Just questions, not bullets. <laughs> this is not America after all. Special mention for actor goes to. That's a really good answer.
1: Chan <laughs> Chewy. I kind of liked her performance. It was all over the spectrum. Sometimes even actually crying that I couldn't kind of fathom why to cry at these particular moments. But I think she did a lot of she did a lot of carrying of some scenes in a way that you really connected and liked the character and there was kind of a, a spirit to the lady which was something unexpected and different to the other movies, so I kinda like that. Direct confrontation and, and language.
0: Yeah, I on my end uh, I'm gonna be more predictable and more lame. But I'm gonna go with Tony Lung, who plays Mr. Chow. Yeah. In Well well well, basically all all three films.
1: Yeah, yeah yeah he uh, famously is this kind of an actor who is able to do a lot with with just his facial expressions, which might be quite a lot actually in the Hong Kongese Chinese circles because well, I would say that well, it kind of comes with the culture as well that you might not be able to read so much from the faces, but in his case, yeah, and a very likable person to watch always on screen.
0: And that he is. but is there other actors or things, cows, wallpapers, drapes, clocks that you would like to bring a special mention to? Uh,
1: uh I think the noodles had a great performance.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give mine to to clocks. There's a repeated clock, sometimes they are on time, some they, uh, sometimes they skip time, sometimes they are stuck on time. Most of the time they don't know what the damn they are doing. <laughs> but now, now that we have, have discussed about, a lot about how, how we felt about about these f- three films, is there something that really resonated with you or, some, or vice versa, something that most definitely did not resonate with you?
1: Okay, so going back to the mention that it was kind of hard to put stuff together in the notes regarding these films. I don't know, just these films have such of a meandering quality that it's... Yeah, it's a, because of the lack of the typical structure to the films that it's kind of hard to put your finger on a particular place, I guess. <sighs> what did I like the most... I guess the style, just the general visual storytelling, how much you and he, he was able to tell with just the actors faces after torturing them to death with uh, repeated takes I guess. And what I didn't really like about the films was, I guess the kind of a, I think some of the shots just take way too long. And I just noticed something that I enjoy Wankar Love trilogy way more when it's played on double speed. So there's that.
0: Yeah, I, I on the other hand, I quite did like the, the non-linear structure. Uh, it's, it's once again, I, I, I understand that it's not everybody's cup of tea. And it's a thing that is very much a hit and miss film by film basis. Like sometimes it it really works and sometimes you absolutely just hate hate it. But uh, for whatever the reason, I did l- I I do like when Wong Kar Wai does the nonlinear. Can't quite uh, add, like precisely accurately pinpoint out why for me Wong Kar Wai works better than than some other directors who try to do the same stunt. Yeah. But there, there is something in in Kar Wai's approach. Perhaps it's it's the fact that for me twenty forty six original was the first one wai film. That film's narrative is is like but basically the, the 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 disorganization of the structure is perhaps the strongest in all of all of his filmography. So to me I, I kinda connect that with, with Karwai. And twenty forty six for me what save saved, saved the, the structure for me was the The kind of the book and story, the the fictional story of 2046 that that Mr. Chow is writing. So Mm. perhaps that's like the magic ingredient.
1: Yeah, I kept wondering about this. What is it that it just maybe doesn't click with me with at least this love trilogy of Wong Kar Wai? I mean, I have liked the dude's other works like Chunking Express. But on the other hand, there's just something like... Well, throughout the podcast, there has been a lot of very artistic films that don't have the typical storytelling structure. And I have quite been fond of many of those. But in the case of these three, maybe I'm just not emotionally connecting with the films, like I said. So I think I'm missing something. Some some kind of a heart is not connecting with me with these films, even though I think I just intellectually understand perfectly what he's doing what he's trying to do what well, what he wants to say but I'm just not connecting fully with that and I don't know why
0: <laughs> yeah and so, sometimes, sometimes you know sometimes that just does happen and there is never like there is no clear uh, explanation like why you just kind of don't feel the movie in a certain way mm. but that's kind of the tricky question uh, thing with art always at the end of the day, it always comes down to the individual who experiences the art piece.
1: Yeah.
0: Un- un- unless, of course, it's Michael Bay's Transformers, Transformers films, Oof. which are like, like hands down 100% masterpieces, and absolutely everybody loves them.
1: Well, I can say I definitely had some fond memories watching that in the theater.
0: <laughs>
1: it made an impression on me. <laughs>
0: But in in one adjective, how would you describe today's trio of films? Uh, sleepy. In my end, it I, I I choose more more like like kinder adjective for my end. It's it's reminiscent. Hmm. And is there some special order that you would like to put the films in? Or are they just like equally good, equally bad?
1: Who made this childish question? It was you. Oh. <laughs>
0: but much <laughs> well, we, we, like with with Mr. Chow in Walker-Weiss films, this is the moment when your old mistakes come back to face you. <laughs>
1: uh, uh,
0: perhaps you can someday, someday write a best-selling novel about, about, about the stupidity of this question.
1: <laughs> well, <clears throat> regarding writing novels... I guess I most enjoyed Twenty Forty Six. Was kind of a nice amalgamation of everything that we kind of had in the previous films, and uh, more of this kind of a direct, maybe even faster storytelling, maybe even more visual fiesta than in the two previous ones, and kind of interesting mishmash with the whole storytelling and and the and the CGI and the the Japanese boyfriend put into. Into the entire story and androids having sex with Japanese guys and what have you, yeah, that was the most fun I had. And let's put us the second maybe um, um in in the mood for love, and the uh, third would be the uh, days of being wild, which maybe it was kind of a proto movie, and then the next one's kind of improved on it.
0: Yeah, that's my order as as well, pretty much. Pretty much for, for the exact same reasons. For me, like I like, like already mentioned, 2046 is for me is the first Wong Kar film I saw. And everybody kind of makes a point about that being a sequel for In the Mood for Love and Days of Being Wild. But I, I still think that 2046 is kind of loose sequel. Like, e- even if you haven't seen the previous movies, you don't ha- really have a trouble understanding and following 2046. A- at least not more than you would have, like, like otherwise also.
1: Yeah, that's true. But if you have seen the previous installments, then you will get more out of 2046. And you will have this, notice these callbacks, callback moments and go like, aha, aha good one, good one. Cycle is repeating, ah, oh, that too.
0: Yeah. Agreed. So, Cory, complete the sentence. You really know you are watching Von Garvice Love Trilogy when
1: When you've first experienced the days of being an asshole, then you're in the mood for cheating. And then you discover twenty forty six, a new modern Android Six position.
0: <laughs> you really know you're watching Von Love Trilogy when you're being just like complete jerk in every relationship. But gosh door, women just can't fall head over heels all over you. Because women always constantly just love the jerks. And especially because Hong Kong and 1960s.
1: Amen.
0: <laughs> but to get to the real meat and potatoes of tonight.
1: We eat rice here.
0: Which, 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 today, today is is rice and noodles. Would you recommend today's trilogy to our listeners?
1: Uh, I, I wouldn't. Who am I to say that you shouldn't watch this? I mean, but because my experience is what is, what it is, I had this kind of a more lukewarm side of feeling throughout these movies. Just. That there was something like the the kind of I understand what they're doing once again, but I just don't feel it. I guess strongly enough. I didn't get these amazing experiences that many of these so they call them professional critics say that they experienced when they're when they were watching these these films that never before has the the whole color cascade of emotions been projected on screen as well as in the mood for love and yeah, okay, I Don't feel the same way so Days of being wild was on the bottom of my list which I Wouldn't really go out of my way to recommend because there's so many other movies also that I could recommend in the mood for love also no But I would perhaps even be kind to recommend 2046 but actually, I don't because if you haven't seen In The Mood for Love at least then you won't enjoy it as much. So it's a no 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 from me.
0: Okay, fair enough. You mentioned the uh, the professional critic sentimentality that there's that they they have felt this experience that never before has has the feelings been put into, into such of a cascade of colors before in, in cinema and I actually had that same bloody experience when, when I saw 2046 for the first time as a matinee screening. Hmm. So I kind of like, like is, is there hype behind, behind the, the professional critics and their approach on, on Wong Kar Wai? Uh, most definitely, yeah. He's somewhat of a, of a Hong Kong director darling, critical darling, and that most definitely, I, I I I am like like certain that that does play a role in how critics approach his films. Then again, then again, that that status as a critical darling did not save my Blueberry Nights at at all. Boy, did that get a vicious treatment. From the critics ending up in the land valley of okay movies, and I, I have to agree once again with critics. My Blueberry Night's most definitely not the strongest outing from Wong Wai. But I like very strongly for a mile, I actually do side with critics over Wong Wai's films, and I do side with critics. When it comes to the the love trilogy. Of his. From my end. Uh, just like it, it, it was with. With Chunking Express. I do recommend. I do recommend this trilogy. I do recommend this trilogy more. Than I perhaps would recommend. Chunking Express. I do think okay. that. As individual films. These are. Well air position marks better. And I do think that in the mood for love and especially 2046 which like with you also is my is my favorite of the trilogy i do think that 2046 perhaps is the best film i've seen from car Y, and i absolutely do love that movie hands down like biggest recommendation from me to 2046 and i do recommend also in the mood for love and days of being wild
1: yeah, okay, well, yeah, this is funny, we both like 2046 most of, of the bunch, it seems, and uh, many criti- critics weren't in agreement that many said that 2046 is kind of more like luster than in the mood for love for whatever reason. But hey, you know, you get only the right opinions, he- opinions here, so consider yourself corrected. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I can partly understand, uh, or I can I can pol- think that I pol- or I believe I can partly understand where that sentimentality comes with critics because twenty forty six is the one that most uses things like CGI and even more dramatic mu- music at times, perhaps even more dramatic cutting than that in the mood for love so in the mood for love it's it's more tight it's it's a can we say a smaller in its presentation and there have therefore perhaps an easier for like seen it all critics to to accept than you know 2046 which is a sequel and it's it's bigger and has cgi and has the sci-fi thing and and has has more score, etcetera, etcetera, etcetera. So part of that that sense of, uh, sentimentality between the, the movies can stem from the, from simply the fact that In the Mood for Love is is still more held back as a film. Alright. Okay. But that being out of the way, dear listeners, would you perhaps recommend wise? Love trilogy to your, to your friends and, and loved ones. And if, if you happen to be from, from Hong Kong, would you recommend us to fact check exactly how the rain in Hong Kong is currently being divided between nations and what happens in 2046? <sighs> and would you recommend Chinese rule above everything else? <laughs> Most likely not. Checking out the, the news coverage and good for you for that. Fuck the communist rule, etc. But yeah, you know, whatever floats your boat and grabs your heart this week, you know, please let us know all about it in the comment section.
1: Or just don't if you have communistic tendencies in your opinions. I've already seen that from some unfortunate brainwashed Chinese people. So if you're one of those, please don't contact us.
0: if If you have brainwashed Chinese communistic tendencies, in that case, please, please don't. (laughs) <laughs> if you just have communistic tendencies, you know. But from, from my end, you know, be free, you know, by all means. Fuck capitalism, et cetera Et etc. Cetera, et cetera. Just as much as it annoys you, Gary.
1: Was it Mr. Lito. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> go, go.
0: <laughs> Marikina, the so
1: So, Henrik, what is our next departure?
0: I would. As I guess it's Russian pop music. This Ooh. not being a film podcast.
1: Yeah, you know something is topical. Russia. Should we look at Russian films?
0: B- perhaps, like, like. Per- not
1: in in well, current well, well,
0: situation. What? We just avoid Russian films. Not simply as an act of of a protest, but also also you know to to. In in a desperate attempt to try to protect the sovereignty of Finland, neighbors yeah. being what they are currently.
1: Um, maybe this would help if the flick lab would look at what was the Vladimir Putin's favorite Russian film. We could take a look at that <laughs> how he got inspired.
0: <laughs> we, we can we can try to do a, do a Vladimir Putin top five filmography <laughs> special <laughs> episode. <laughs> And, and then, then send him the link.
1: <laughs>
0: Finland is not a NATO membership country yet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Any other good ideas? <laughs> <laughs> Sergey Lavrov's top five. I ha- I have a, I have a documentary about bears with uh, Spanish commentary.
0: I, I can i can make you a documentary of of me clapping down few puddles of karahu <laughs>
1: well it's been super artistic like recently I, i'm still recovering from laslock rasna so what about that robocop
0: <laughs> yeah fine let's do robocop well so I'll... in 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 next episode it's going to be robocop in some form, oh. we don't yet, yet know how and why.
1: I have no idea.
0: But yeah, but you know, Robo something. Children of the Corn. Let's let's all <laughs> look up for that one. One, two, three, four. Goddamn, for remake Let's let's see how how Robo turns out. But next week, something something Robo Something maybe something. Maybe Robo and his friends. Might be RoboCop, the animated series. Most likely not, because that was pretty atrocious at times. But, yeah, until next week.
1: Sarah Connor's Chronicles, next week. Okay, (laughs) RoboCop.
0: See you. (laughs) Until then.
1: But the always still always. 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 But
0: the always still always. But the always still always. But always always. Always, 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 always always, yeah,